ladies and gentlemen, I, <laughs> uh, yeah, we're back. Yeah, surprise, surprise, Merry Christmas. That is probably the greatest intro we will ever have, just complete confusion and not knowing what we're doing, also known as being an NHL referee. Um, yeah. Good lord. <laughs> that was the worst officiated game I have ever seen. Like, that easily surpassed Game 5 2019 against St. Louis. Like, obviously, the individual call of, you know, Achari being tripped and then the Blues scoring five seconds later, like, that, you know, sucked. But just the consistent lack of calls against the Islanders. Oh, yeah. It's repeated. Oh, my God. <sighs> well. We weren't uh, planning on doing this episode. But then we like quickly texted right after the episode and was like, yeah, no, let's do this because uh, that that was bad. Yeah, that um, God, where do we even start? <laughs> <laughs> There's so many like obviously we could just go through the like we could literally sit here for the next 35 minutes and discuss how a Bruin got called for this. But then the Islanders did this right after didn't get called or. This was a really soft call that the Bruins got, and then we look like maybe five minutes in, later into the game, and oh, look, that's a that's a Bruin getting a stick to the face. Ah, play on. Oh yeah, completely fine. <sighs> I I just I I don't know, man. This um, can we talk quickly just about how the Bruins totally deserved better than that tonight? They should have won that game. They should have won that game. I saw an Islanders fan say that the Islanders dominated tonight. The no. shots were 44 to 19. <laughs> oh my god. Like, absolutely not. Um, I mean... Yeah, let's talk about the actual uh, hockey aspect of the game, and then we can do the referees and stuff, because, like, yeah, Varlamov was the better goalie tonight. Rask did not have a great game. He did not look uh, super... 100%, but also, like, can, are any of those goals his fault? Like, he certainly didn't bail the Bruins out, except for that one, uh, the one, there was a save right after uh, the Islanders went up 2-1 that he certainly bailed them out on, but, like, I mean, can you? He was a lot better in games three and four, but there yes. were a lot of extra bullshit that seemed to happen right before the Islanders scored every goal. Yeah. Whether it's Tenorti breaking a stick or a lucky bounce off of like four people or... And Corrales' well, turnover which led to that. Cor yeah. Um, speaking of which, I never want to see Sean Corrales touch the ice in a Bruins jersey again. Obviously now that's not going to happen until probably October because of Lazar's injury, which I completely forgot about until yep. I started talking, but... <sighs> Who has more fun than us? Oh my god. Man, I wish I wish Jack Edwards was able to call this game. I mean, I don't uh, know if it would be able to be done on television. It might have to be, you know, on somewhere else. Um, but uh Yeah. It just an awful 
like I was gonna say just an awful game and like yeah sure but the Bruins weren't bad that was probably their best game this series right like they played so well in the first period they were still pretty good in the second and then in the third they were easily the better team like I but now they're down 3-2 going back to the old barn (sighs) I just God. Oh, that old barn. Yeah, I. Hold on, I gotta go to, I gotta go to Money Puck real quick. Oh, the uh, deserve to winner meter, because well, it was that, it was sixty three percent for the Bruins, thirty seven for the Islanders. Um. Well, according to my, it's got it up at sixty six. <laughs> great, great. Even but I want to see, um. Yeah, expected goals according to uh, Money Puck. The Bruins had an expected goals of 3.726 while the Islanders had 2.453. Yep. Ain't that about a bitch. And like, even when the Islanders were up 4-2, the Bruins were still still had like a half a goal expected more. And the Islanders. And it's like, what the fuck? I mean, Barlamov played great. I mean, credit there. But other than that, Bruins should have won that. And the refs, which I don't know if we should jump straight into that. I don't know what else we want to touch on in terms of the hockey because um, a lot of the hockey was impacted by uh, <laughs> what we're about to say. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else, but like, I mean, Defense wasn't great. Oh, fuck. Oh. What are we doing? The Marchand goal. Oh, oh my god. Yeah, that was unreal. And uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it, it, like goal to go to waste, but jeez. That goal was unreal. And it means absolutely nothing. After it was the that. last good moment of that game. Really? I... NHL refereeing. Experience the thrill. Before, actually, before we get into specifically from tonight, uh, you have the Barry Trotz quote up, correct? About Bergeron? Oh, yes, I do. I'm going to throw that out there. It's a, it's, it's a long one, but... Go ahead. Okay. He said, uh, this was this morning, correct? Or was it yesterday? It was yesterday. Uh, I thought um, it was, wasn't it this morning? I thought it was yesterday. Hold I don't on. Um, Either way, on Sunday, that was yesterday, yes. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll read you the little, like, the uh, introduction this little article, and then I'll read you the quote. On Sunday, Trot suggested Bergeron's face-off prowess wasn't entirely the result of outstanding skill. And he said, I think Bergy, although he pronounced it Bergy, has a really good, has been a really good face-off guy. One of the best. Um, the Islanders Senators all study what Bergeron does. The biggest thing with Bergy, and really linesmen can control this, is he doesn't like to get a stick down. He has to come to a stop, then you have a fair fight. 
He's a veteran guy who knows how to cheat on the face-offs. I'm relying on our very capable officiating crew and linesmen to make sure the cheating doesn't go on. Because he's good at it. All the veteran guys are. He's not the only one, trust me. But he's very good, he's very capable, and he's been a top centerman and face-off guy for a long time. Talk about a backhanded compliment at the end there. I don't know why, but that I'm relying on our very capable officiating crew. Like, yeah, I was literally like in the middle of typing a tweet about that one quote. <laughs> it was like that. Uh, I mean, first off, that reads like a Trump quote. But like, secondly, Wait, literally. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Uh, no, they're not capable. Um, I just. Yeah, so that happened yesterday, and really, that was Trot saying Bergeron is better than us at face-off draws, so I have to complain to get him thrown out of draws. And uh, what happened in the first draw that he took, or that he didn't end up taking, he was thrown out. Hmm. Yeah. I just our, our very capable, our very capable officiating crew. <laughs> and like, yeah, obviously, like sure players will like you know mess up a little on the face off top but like it's Patrice Bergeron like come on he's good enough at face offs he led the NHL this year in face off wins and face off percentage he's always like he always wins the majority of his face offs you know what if he's cheating good for him if he's doing something that the refs haven't caught for the last 12 years, good for him. Because, like, I don't know what to tell you. Um, I will say, the one thing that we did forget to mention in terms of hockey we can bring up later is no DeBrusque. And, you know, the fourth line. Uh, bring that up at the end. We'll keep going with refs. Um, where do we start? Where do we start other than... Like, cause yeah, there's the trots oh, quote man. and then, okay. and then what? So, well, I mean, so we got that. And then obviously like what you said, you know, throwing Berg- like right off the bat, yep. Bergeron was thrown out and, uh, kind of three. Uh, oh, well we could talk about the fucking first penalty of the game after, Cross checks, pushing and shoving after whistles was going on the entire first period. Sean Crowley tries back checking. Sean Crowley tries to back check. He makes a very innocent play. If that's a slash, then I think we need to redefine rules and (laughs) maybe try to change that up. Keyword, Sean Crowley tries to back check. Because let's be real, he didn't back check. He also didn't slash him, but that also wasn't a good... He kind of stuck his stick out there. (laughs) Yeah. But I have just, I mean, come on. And <sighs> I don't understand the threshold for a cross-check call. Obviously, I know there's going to be a whole bunch of cross-checks that won't get called because there's too many of them. It's just impossible to call them all. But I mean, I even noticed it tonight. I don't know if you noticed it. Every time there's like a scrum in the corner of trying to get the puck loose, Barzal's just cross-checking people. Yep. All the time. All the time. Nothing. Nothing. It's almost like that happens in every single scrum, 
and like in the corners and battles in front of the net. So, you know, calling it once, uh, only against Grizzlick. Very interesting move. You know, I gotta say, it's a very interesting move. I'm not saying anything, but it's just very interesting. <laughs> yeah, that... <laughs> I I mean, like, the Grizzlick penalty, sure, it was a cross-check, but based on everything else that happened in the game, it was not a cross-check. Like... Or, like, it's... <laughs> Speaking of Crowley, should we get over his decision-making on the penalty kill there? <laughs> uh... <laughs> like... He was obviously thinking offense. He saw Marshand, you know, with an attempt to split the D for a shorthanded breakaway, but he just gives it right away to Brock Nelson. Just literally just shoves it to him. He's like, here you go, Brock. And then the Islanders scored right after. So I'd like to think that, sure, the officiating was god-awful and didn't help them, but the decision-making, especially there, has to be better. The penalty kill's been amazing all year. And I know, really, the other goals were kind of lucky. I mean, we talked about the the Palmieri goal where it went off of... I don't even even know. I don't remember who. Frankly, it doesn't matter. But, yeah, I guess the simpler question would be who didn't it go off of? Um, So, I guess... I mean... The only penalty I think that should have been a penalty was that Wagner high stick slash punch to the face, whatever the hell that was. Yeah, high and, stick, and I, I mean, called it. And I mean the Bergeron puck over glass, but like. Oh well, that one too. <laughs> that I forgot about that one. But hey, that's not a penalty when the no, Islanders no, no. do it. No, it's completely fine when the Islanders do it when the ref is five I mean, feet away and it goes straight up. And, and again, down. you know, we talked about this plenty of times. You have video replay. Why can't that be reviewed? Why can't like, I don't know if doing like how football does it, where a coach can be like, I want you to take a look at that and see if that, like, I don't think that should be allowed for like a hooking penalty or, cause then you just have coaches challenging everything, which would slow yeah. the game down and be awful. But, you know, why not expand that video replay system to, I just, I mean, they allow replays for that if it hits the netting before like 30 seconds before a goal. Yeah. Well, Why? well, do they? <laughs> Columbus. <Now> they do. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a new rule happened in the last little bit, but I mean, I wish it was a thing in 2019, but yeah. Anyways, uh, I just like uh, the ref was right there. I don't know how he didn't see it. I don't. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. That's that's the story from tonight. Is I just don't know. Like and. What I've noticed, I mean, this is going way back, but remember 2014 Game 7 against Montreal when Brad Marchand got a penalty for snowing Gary Price? Oh, yep. They call that That's they call that the mind. Game 7. A Game 7. And Rask has gotten, especially from the Islanders, he oh gets a nice coat of snow on him pretty much every whistle and nothing. And I'm not, I really don't think that should be a penalty every time. But if you're excessively doing it, they're going to keep doing it. Then maybe you should be like, yeah. hey, maybe stop doing that. And <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I was uh, really mad after the first period. And boy, I wish I could go back to that time. 
because that was oh that was that was the life you know what it's fine they're tied it was one bad call it's okay it got so much worse yeah. <laughs> just everything being inconsistent because it was funny because Crowley got called for the slash on that and then the Bruins come out uh in the second period and there's a shift where they're hooked slashed tripped like at least three times almost for each of those penalties no calls so it's like okay so the islanders are apparently allowed to quote-unquote defend but when the bruins do it it, (laughs) when corelli does it and he doesn't even do it well he gets a slashing penalty and then um oh wait uh, let me. What's the updated stat? It should be fifteen to twenty, I believe. Uh, yes, uh, fifteen to twenty are the penalties this series. The Bruins have fifteen. The Islanders have twenty now after uh, five games. I just there were so many times that I couldn't even keep track of it. Like if I go through and I look at how many times I tweeted about penalties. Um, it's probably barely a quarter of the amount of things that probably should have been called. And like, yes, I will say the Bruins, there were some missed calls against them. The Richie play early on in the first, like early on in the first. Yeah, that should have been a penalty. 100%. Uh, there was, there was a trip by, I think it was coil at some point or, uh, like mid and then second that I remember. And, like, a few other ones where it's like, yeah, sure. Those should have been penalties for the Bruins. Absolutely. I agree. However, there were probably at least 5, 10, 20 times that for the Islanders. Where they should have had a penalty. And yeah. and the thing, like... too, was... <laughs> why was Corrales slash the first thing called? Slash in well, quotes. Dirty player. <laughs> no, but remember the third period there where uh, bars all trip someone, and then five minutes later, uh, Grizzlick gets kneed down. No penalties on either. Posternock <laughs> got yeah. knee on need as well by Martin. Oh. I think it was or Clutterbuck. It was someone on the. Are talking about that hit like right in front of the? Yeah, right in front of the bench. I, I don't know if that was knee on knee. I don't know. It's close. Well, well, NBC uh, was like, "Oh yeah, full, just shoulder to shoulder." I was like, "Mm, "No, no, definitely not. Some shoulder, sure, but there was also some knee. So take that as you will." Um, I just in the delay of game. I just there's (sighs) so many, just so many plays where it's just like. How? Especially in that third period. The Bruins had all the momentum. The Islanders were sitting back so much. Like, not skating, not moving much. Tripping the Bruins, slashing the Bruins, hooking the Bruins, doing everything to the Bruins uh, that wasn't legal. And, no. The Bruins got two power plays in the entire game. Alright. And if there are um, national broadcasters that are, like, Canadian and they're saying, yeah, the Bruins kind of got screwed over tonight, 
you know the Bruins kind of got screwed over tonight. That's what I'll say. Because if you've ever watched a broadcast on Sportsnet, uh, they are very much not uh, Bruins favored. And I saw a, f- a few like analysts and people who write for like the Athletic, like fans of like you know. I saw like a Habs fan do it. I saw a Wild fan like. Teams that you would not expect to, you know, maybe be, like, fans of teams you wouldn't think would be, uh, sort of in favor of the Bruins at all, you know, openly admitting, yeah, that, that game, uh, (laughs) it was a game. I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. Clearly, moving forward, after game one of every series, Bruce needs to go to the media and just cry (laughs) about the refs, about how the other team is cheating, and then, you know what? Suddenly, your team doesn't take penalties. Suddenly, the other team takes everything. That's fine. No, but now that he did it tonight, uh, which we'll get to... Oh, he's going to get fined. He's going to get fined. Nothing's going to change. The NHL will still continue to act like everything is perfectly okay with their officiating. And, like, we would... We've been saying the same thing this entire series, all through the Caps series, through all of time. NHL officiating is garbage. Okay? The refs genuinely suck at their jobs. And, oh, you can be like, oh, yeah, like, you could do a better job. You know what? I probably couldn't, but I'm not uh, someone who's been a referee for 20-plus years and refereeing in the Stanley Cup playoffs where you're supposed to be good at your job. Where they actually select which referees advance to the next round and somehow, no matter who they choose, (laughs) doesn't doesn't go well. Kind of like what Bruce said after the game, how they're here for a reason, those refs. So let's act like it. And I don't know if you want to quickly play Bruce's uh, post-game comments on. Well, quickly, uh, quickly is the stretch because uh, it's it's two minutes long. But um, yes, I will. Uh, I'll play it through uh, right now. Well, Jimmy, I think what happens. Okay, so this is my take on. We're playing a team that has, uh, you know, very respected management, coaching staff. They won a Stanley Cup, so. But I think they sell a narrative over there that um, it's more like the New York Saints, you know, not the New York Islanders. That You know, they play hard and they play the right way. But I, I feel we're the same way. And the calls, the exact calls that are getting called on us um, do not get called on them. So, it, and, and I don't know why. These are very good officials. They're, they're, they're at this point in the season for a reason. You've got continuous high sticks every game, the exact same high sticks, uh, you know, Bergie with Nelson behind the net, the one that comes up on Smith. Marshy got called for that in game one. Uh, I could go on and on. Wagner the other day in front of the net. You know, maybe we need to sell them more flop, but that's not us. Um, you just hope they'd see them. I mean, the same calls go against us. So it's not like I'm sitting there going, well, every call against us sucks. It's not true. It's just the end of the day, the similar plays, they, they need to be penalized on those plays. But like I said, I think they've sold in a great job selling that narrative that, you know, they're clean. Uh, they play hard, a hard brand of hockey, love the way they play, but they commit as many fractions as we do. Trust me. So it's just a matter of, 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 of calling them. So, you know, that's the part that I guess gets frustrating, uh, but you play through it. You know, it's like the Bergeron today. He's throwing out the, what, the first two, three, four face-offs he takes. Cause someone mentioned, you know, have a little respect for Patrice Bergeron. He's up for the Selkies. He's been a, 
a, a warrior in this league, a face of the franchise, uh, does everything right for hockey, sells the game, and that's the way you treat him. I mean, come on, you know, because someone speaks out and says something like he, you know, all of a sudden. So they just need to be better than that. Just you know, just call the game what you see. Quit listening to these outside influences and 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 get it done right. Because I I don't think they were great tonight. I'm not going to lie to you. But they have been, and they're good officials. I know those two guys. They're good guys, good officials. And I don't know tonight. I just thought they were off. But he could say the same about us. But at the end of the day, that's what I thought, Jimmy. And um, and and let's just play hockey and, and call the, the infractions that happen, and we'll see where it goes. <clears throat> so, yeah. That's Cassidy. Full two-minute and 12-second clip. And yeah, I don't disagree with a single thing that he said there. However, uh, if I was the coach, I would have been much harsher than that, frankly, because it has been too much of this. And yes, like it's been too much of this consistently throughout the playoffs this year, last year in the bubble, even. And then obviously 2019, (laughs) It's constantly happening where there are games that are completely flipped upside down because of the referees. And this isn't specifically a Bruins thing. This is an NHL thing. Think about San Jose Vegas. uh, What was that? 2019 game seven. That major penalty, which should absolutely not have been a major penalty that basically gave San Jose, you know, the win. And yes, you can say, oh, well, Vegas just needs to kill a penalty. Sure. The Bruins also need to kill the penalties tonight, but like that's not always how the sport works. Shouldn't be put in that position to begin with. Exactly. At all. And (sighs) momentum's a funny thing. Mm -hmm. You get a man up, you get an offensive zone face off. It's uh, I just (laughs) and I love how he was like. Maybe we need to sell them more and flop, but you know that's not us. So you know what? Fuck that. I mean, I kind of wish he would have said a little more, but I think he's. I think what he said was perfect. He uh, and I love how he also added in the Bergeron stuff with Trotz. Yep. He didn't name any names, but he. But he did. <laughs> you could tell how fucking he's like. I forgot he was like. Uh, he's like, come on, that's Patrice Bergeron, pretty much. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, have some respect for Bergeron. Yeah, and it's like, I, I, that, that was just so out of, like, when I saw that this morning, I was like, wait, that really happened? Did he really say that? Yep. Because it's like, but Patrice Bergeron. Like, if you're saying about Marchand, sure. Like, I, yeah. I remember when he stepped on Atkinson's stick in 2019, and he, he does some things, but, I mean, Patrice Bergeron is... <laughs> okay, Barry Trotz, I get it. And he also had a response to what Cassidy said tonight, but I don't know if you want to play that. It's under... Uh, I can... Oh my god, I just had it up. Uh, hold on. I can... Yeah, I can quickly play that through. Upset tonight, post-game with the officiating. I think you referred to your team as the New York Saints. Uh, I'm not really sure how, how what context that was in, but did you'll you feel the official... You'll have to ask him about that. I know that... Uh... Uh, just look at where we ended up uh, during the during the year. I think we were the one of the least penalized teams in the whole league. So I don't know what he means by that. Oh, you'll have to ask. So yeah. Oh, I don't know what he means by that. You'll have to ask. 
Shut yeah, up. I love how he's like, oh, we were the le- one of the least penalized teams in the league. It's like, well... Okay. You're, you're literally proving our point. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Self-own. I'd seem with that fourth line is the least penalized in the league. You sure? <laughs> you sure that's... that's uh... I mean, like, it's true. It is. But you sure that's... Um... Sometimes stats can be deceiving. Yeah. I... No, I just... It very much read like Craig Berube's stuff in the 2019 Stanley Cup Final. Where it's like, oh, you'll have to ask him what he means by that. It's like, you know exactly what he means by that. You're just doing this, oh, uh, oh, uh, everything's fine. Uh, the refereeing is perfectly okay face to the media. Like, and like, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. But the refs are also supposed to do their fucking job, and they're clearly not doing that. So, who, oh my god, Alex said the f bomb. Oh my god, <laughs> you know it's serious when that breaks out. No, legit. Um, like the the only times I've said that, like on Twitter in like a tweet, was today and I think Game Five, twenty nineteen <laughs> against the Blues. It's awful. Um, it's yeah. So team overall Corsi tonight. Ruins oh 68. no. Yep. Yep. Islanders thirty one point nine. Um, I, I have another stat that'll hurt you, uh, from Tucker Tucker Boynton at Tucker underscore TNL. In this series, the Bruins have 58% of the total shot attempts, 58% of the unblocked shot attempts, 58% of the shots on goal, 58% of the high danger chances, 56% of the scoring chances, and 56% of the expected goals. So naturally they have 48% of the actual goals in trail three to two. Don't you love it? I just, I, I. They've been the better team. They've been the better team this series, have. and they're going to lose in six. Oh, uh, oh man! It's the same right, thing that happened with the Penguins, but, but it's not like the Bruins' goaltending has been awful. <laughs> like, well, ask some people, and you might get a different option. No, just kidding. I was very surprised to see Swayman in the game. Didn't hate it, obviously. I mean. At that point, I figured the game was a lost cause anyways. Yeah. So, you know, might as well rest, rest, rest. We, wow, save that five times fast. You know, we've been talking since, God, what, beginning of March about how he's not 100%. Oh, it, oh so, probably even earlier than that. Because I know he looked like he was right. nursing something like in February too. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, but so... Do you want to look a little bit ahead to Game Six? Well, first on that, I just want to speak on Swayman. Uh, I, like I didn't Swaymania, baby. I didn't mind seeing Swayman in. It was like okay, if, like you might as well at this point because yeah, I thought the game was a lost cause. Um, I think Swayman definitely should have had the uh, fifth goal against. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't a good one to let in, but also you know he's coming into the third period after he's just been sitting on the bench and hasn't played a game in like a month. So hasn't maybe. played a game since that Washington game where it's a full AHL team in front of him. So. Yeah. And I mean... <laughs> and he still was phenomenal in that game. Yeah. That game but, was like the highlight of the season, even though they lost. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't the highlight, but like, you know what I mean? Like, that was that was so much fun. Can we have that game again? <laughs> I remember Caps fans pounding their chest after that game. <laughs> it's like, they played the, the Providence Bruins. Like... The only regulars were what, Richie and DeBrusque in that, I think. Yeah, something like that. Maybe well, Frederick, but I guess he's not a regular do we, anymore. Do we call Clifton a regular now? 
well, I guess, but uh, I don't know. I didn't think he had a great game tonight. Uh, well, actually, it's funny that you say that. I was actually just going to bring this up. Uh, I know they probably didn't get as much ice time as the other pairings, but yeah. they were the best pairing. Tenorti Clifton. Yep, Tenorti Clifton was the best pairing for Corsi and expected goals at five on five. Such a, it's such a stupid expected it's goals like, eighty six. It's such Corsi. a stupid pairing, <laughs> like like yeah. like Tenorti and Clifton. It just does not make sense that they can do good things together. You know. Mm. I, yeah, I was. Uh, I don't expect anything from that pair. Nope. So. <laughs> expected goals. The bar is on the floor. That, that, that expected goals for that pairing was point six three. Expected goals against, 0.1. So, I mean, I guess if that's your third pairing, that's good. But, I mean, mean, uh, they need Carlo back, eh? They need Carlo and Miller. (laughs) Riley Lozon, 47% goals, uh, expected goals. And then Corsi, 54. I mean, that's still obviously over 50%. But when Grizzlick McAvoy and Tenority Clifton are up in the (laughs) mid-70s, you need some better. And... Let's talk about it too. Brandon Carlo, if he was healthy in this game, they kill at least two of those penalties. I'll say it. Easily. He has that much of an impact on the game defensively. So they they need him back for game six desperately, more than they need anything else. Yeah. I'm hoping we at least get Miller. They both pra- they both skated and frankly, assuming it's not a head injury. Uh, remember this is hockey. Like if it's if it's a head injury, obviously keep them out. But remember this is hockey. There's a uh, there's a decent chance they load them up with painkillers and put them in. I'm not I'm not like uh being supportive. That's not of you that. saying that's a good idea. Or you condone it, but but that is Patrice Bergeron had a punctured lung and was still playing. Cause... Yeah, <laughs> that's just a lung. You don't. Who needs that? <laughs> yeah, I. Honestly, at this point, I would be surprised if Carlo and Miller don't play. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if Miller's like 50%, then yeah, sure, keep like Clifton in. Um, But like Carlo... Are you taking Clifton out if uh, uh, Kevin Miller's good to go? Oh, no, no, no. I, I take Tenorti out if Carlo's back. And then Lausanne for Carlo. Like I th- yeah, I think Tenorti's... Speaking of Lausanne, he, since that game two mistake, he's actually been... Really good. Well, uh, not really been, good, but like he's been serviceable. Let's put he's it. He's been way. his normal defensive self. Who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought that one bad mistake, which really, like, I after having more time to look at that play and watch it, sending it over to um, who would have been his who would have been his partner? I don't know. Who Zorda would, McAvoy. Okay, sending it over to McAvoy was the absolute right move because he saw all five islanders like in his vision because they were all basically in front of the net and one was like right on him so like over to mcavoy was absolutely the right move obviously you yeah. hope he looks at coil and sees him there but like it's it's just an unfortunate it's just bad timing really <laughs> like that's what that was and uh yeah. now they're down to the only thing that i would still say is you're in overtime, make the safe play. Yes. But it was, I mean, had it not gone off a skate. Then, yeah, it's perfect. We would fine. be talking it's about like... probably what was a great assist on a game winner. So it's not the most egregious, disgusting play, but yeah, 
he's responded well, and that's you know all you can ask for, especially from a uh, young defenseman. Uh, Richie Coyle Kuhlman, I liked. Kuhlman looked good. Mm Mm-hmm. Crazy. Wild. I was... Who would have thought? I wasn't (laughs) sure what to expect, especially taking DeBrusque out, because... That was stupid. That that was not the first move I would have made. I would have kept DeBrusque in, but maybe bumped him down to the fourth line. I mean, we've seen DeBrusque and Corrali actually play well i yeah that too but that actually wouldn't have been horrible but now we got to see if you know lazar will even be able to play i'm assuming it looked like a leg or knee injury yeah it was his left leg yeah um but we've seen debrusque and corrali actually play well together in the past so that's what i would have done first but i wasn't sure what to expect from coolman i mean he's really not had uh too much playing time in the NHL this season, clearly. And Forever. he was, well, yeah, whatever. But Playoff performer. He was, he was very good. More than you could have ever had asked for. And that, that third should, line looked really good. He needs Richie to. was bringing it, too. He kind of faded off towards the end like everyone else. But at first period, he was all over the place throwing his body. That was Richie's best what, game. Which I think. He, I don't know why, but he's been lacking that, I think. Yeah. And, I mean, a guy his size who doesn't, you know, skate the fastest, that's that's a key. You need to bring that game in, game out. I know it's easier said than done because I'm sure playing physical will wear your body down, but you are a professional athlete, so. <laughs> yeah, and... Actually, no. I'll just I'll just jump to the question for you. Oh, Richie Coyle Coleman stays the same. Yes, or it should. What's your fourth line? Let's assume Lazar's out because if he left the game, then he's probably out. Uh, okay. Um, are we assuming? Um, are we assuming DeBrusque's back in? Because I don't. Let's go. All right, DeBrusque on the fourth line, left wing. And left wing, that's center. the key. Yeah, left wing. We can't. I don't be doing that. You know, we mentioned it last episode. Why not throw like Richie on his off wing? It's not like he's the one making skill plays. No offense, Nick Richie. Or even going to Russ Coyle Kuhlman and putting Richie down to the fourth line. Like even that. Oh, like. God. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the first three lines we already met. Obviously, the yeah, top yeah. two are set stone. Third line. Give me more together. of that. Brusque, and then obviously this is dependent upon Lazar's health. If he's healthy, you throw him in at center. If not, oh, yeah. you keep Corrali. And then right wing, you got to throw Trent Frederick in. Yep, that's exactly you what have I have. To. It's it's time. It's it's time. I don't know. I was trying to think of who else you could throw in there, but I... Anton Bleed. Like I don't know Studnika. He hey, he, he, he did get his first NHL goal against the Islanders. Oh, random. Don't... I mean like. <laughs> the the black aces that they have with the team are I well Frederick yeah. it's, it basically their extra options that are currently on the roster are Steen, Hughes, Stanika, Seneshin, McKeg, and Bleed. And then obviously there's Greg McKeg, let's do it. Oh please no. I mean actually I wouldn't I wouldn't hate it over Wagner. Um but no he is a safer play. For like just a defensive 
role, but I mean, you see the energy Frederick can bring. Yeah, and he definitely tapered off as the season went on, because um, he had that span where he had like four goals in like I don't know, it was like seven or eight games, and then he finished the season with four goals. Um, but I feel like you got to put him in the playoffs. Like, you're not that's... playing a fourth liner to get goals, anyways. But oh. I guess unless you're the Capitals, yeah. Apparently, your fourth liners can score them, but. Although, you know, you might want your fourth line to have any points through 10 games of the playoffs. Oh, yeah, like a secondary assist would be cool maybe once or twice. I don't know. We don't want to ask for anything crazy here. Yeah. But, I mean, come on. That's... I... What... I know we could do this for um, Corrali, too, but what happened to Chris Wagner? I don't know. What happened to Charlie Coyle? I don't know. <laughs> it's I don't know. I and especially at this point, there is no reason for Chris Wagner to be in the lineup. He played Absolutely nine minutes not. tonight. Yeah, I and thought I thought he was two minutes be... of that was on the penalty kill. I thought he was going to be out of the game after or out of the lineup after game uh, four. I've been waiting for this since last series. Yeah, I. I... <sighs> The most he's played this playoffs was 14 minutes and 42 seconds, and that was that double overtime game against the Capitals. <laughs> Get him out of this lineup. And game one against the Islanders, he played 12 minutes. I don't care what if the he's hell? making 1.3. Game three against nope. the in game three against the Islanders, he played 13 and a half minutes. <laughs> what? That was a, okay. All right. Well, uh, somehow they won that game, but okay. Okay. Oh my god, wait, quick stat. The Bruins are 2-0 when playing Chris Wagner more than 13 minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's probably because they have a lead and they're just sort of chipping away. <laughs> oh my god. Um, game 6. Game 6. Wednesday night. Nassau Coliseum. I don't have much faith. Like I, I want to be positive, but just with the way this game went, I'm hoping for the best, expecting for the worst. Like that was the best game the Ruins could have played, and they got screwed out of it. Yeah. If they can somehow come out with that energy, like they did opening the first period tonight, then they they'll convince me. But they have to convince me in that first period, because otherwise, I uh. They, I don't know. They have to take the crowd out of it. Yep. Because I, I don't know how to feel, man. I, I'd like to think that, you know, obviously, who knows what happens if there's more interviews tomorrow, and maybe things are said by the Bruins or the Islanders to, you know, fire them up and get them going to kind of get revenge for themselves and force a game seven. But I also know that the Islanders are... They're the Islanders. We've talked about this at nauseum. They shut everything down once they get a lead. And you saw that after the Bruins made it a one-goal game. They couldn't enter the zone. So, like I said, it, the first 10 minutes, I think we'll know what's going to happen. Yeah. So who knows? We will uh, 
it'll be a good game for sure. I don't think I don't think it'll be a blowout either way. Now that no. I say that it will be, but the right call if Rask is healthy enough to go back to him, correct? People were trying to say uh Swayman should start game six. No. Your thoughts? No. Well, that's like asking <laughs> that's like asking a freaking lion what they think of uh oh fuck, I was trying to make some kind of comparison. Never mind, moving on. I suck. That's like ask, asking a fish what they think of the water. Yeah, I was going to say like a lion what they think of the gazelle, but then I'm like, well, shit, they kind of like hate gazelles and they eat them. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I point. hate Rask and eat him, but... Uh... Huh, I hope not the last one, but <laughs> I don't know. You've said some things on this podcast that have uh, been clipped about hating Rask. Yeah, okay, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Rask... Rask should be the sir. You ride or die with Rask. Like, come on. And, I mean, it seems like Cassidy's doing that, because, duh. <laughs> that that shouldn't yeah, be in doubt. And even if you, even if we say he had a bad game tonight, which I really don't think he did. Bounce back. He, that, and he's been really good this playoffs up until tonight, we can say. Yeah, it was one bad game. He still has a 925 save percentage in the playoffs, so, like keep him like evil finish man oh yeah <laughs> <sighs> um i mean we technically had a question from uh jaden because he just said why is chris wagner which uh you know uh that but i didn't i didn't ask for questions at all um because i figured this would be shorter and now we're at 45 minutes uh because of course good times um game five wednesday night uh, we will be recording. Oh my god, game six Wednesday night. We will be recording after it. I would. Don't make think. me watch this game again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what? John Moore comes back. Let's do it. <laughs> Definitely. And while that happens, Anders Lee's going to come back from his surgery for. I the saw Islanders. he was skating today. Yeah, be slow till September. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Alex. Very cool. <laughs> no problem. Um. But yeah, that's uh Oh that's, my god, I'm gonna oh, scream. Never mind. Chris Wagner signed at one point three five million for the next two seasons. Yep. Oh boy, I th- I forgot. I was hoping he was gonna be like Corralian out of here. Don't look at Cole's oh contracts. <laughs> I'm just hoping it's one bad <laughs> what year do you with mean? the pandemic and everything. I'm banking on that for Coil. <laughs> I mean, he's just the longest ten uh brewing under contract right now. That is horrifying. And on that fun note, <laughs> enjoy your evening. Enjoy uh, your day. Enjoy your morning, evening, afternoon, night, wh- whenever you're listening to this. Uh, if you even decided to listen to us complain about the refereeing for a good thirty minutes, and then you know fifteen minutes on actual hockey, but you know the story tonight was. Um... Hey, we had some good conversations regarding actual hockey. That's true. Don't sell ourselves short. Yeah. Well, and Habs uh, Jets starting overtime shortly. Uh, who's gonna win it? Um. Oh God. I mean, I on the think spot, man. the shots are thirty-nine to sixteen for the Habs through the three periods. So I think it's gonna be the Jets. Uh, just because hockey is a stupid sport, and shots we love mean it. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. I'll say. I'll say the Habs close it out. I mean, I that's what I think. But imagine like, the Habs t- go further in the playoffs than the Bruins. Oh, I'm they will. Uh, they hundred percent will. All right. Um, on that note, now we really need to end it before we get any further. Yep. Uh, actually, Ryan Spooner. Just had to get that in. Um, okay. No Instagram stories from him today, guys. Sorry. Oh, that's upsetting. Um, I'll keep a log of his Instagram stories for us. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound creepy at all. <laughs> gotta just, do what you gotta do for the people. Stalking Ryan Spooner hasn't been a Bruin for three plus years. It's like, nope, gotta gotta watch every story. Hey, he'd understand. <laughs> Maybe. <sighs> all right, that's it. That's it. That's all we got.